Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of the Hafe Digital Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. My name is Ryan Hafey, and in this episode, we're going to talk about how to make your own music for your YouTube content. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the show. Today we are drinking probably my favorite sparkling water flavor, which is the Spindrift um, tea and lemon flavor. Um, this is a good one. Look out for this one if you haven't tried this one already. But that's what we're going to be sipping on today. Oh, man. That's right. Your boy is wearing a tank top, by the way. It is hot here. It's uh, it's about, it was 100 degrees today. I think a couple days ago it got up to 108 and um, your boy sweats when he gets hot. So you're going to have to deal with my tan lines. This room gets hot with all the electronics and everything in here and with the door closed. So, yeah, you're just going to just gonna have to put up with my, my uh, tattoos and my tan lines uh, as we get through this. So a few things to talk about today. Um, but the main topic, as I mentioned, is going to be how can you create music for your YouTube videos, custom music. I've said it before, I always enjoyed uh, how certain channels created their own music, um, and it just seems to, it, it sort of adds to the brand of those channels, especially when they kind of use a certain bank of tracks um, throughout all of their videos. Anytime you hear that music, you know instantly that it belongs to that creator. And um, I've toyed with the idea of just starting to make some music uh, and, um, and I, I started to make a track, which I plan to use in my next video, which is currently in the works. Now I will say I'm not an expert at this by any means. I've just started this whole music making process. Um, but, uh, I'm going to show you what I've figured out so far. And for a guy who, you know, has only been doing it for a very short period of time, I was able to put something, not that it's not that it's good, but I was able to put something together that's usable and that may work, um, in uh, a future video. So we'll get into that. But first, if you haven't already hit that subscribe button, uh, we'd love to have you subscribe to the channel. Also follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. And let's have a conversation over there. Why not? And there's Pudge, Pudge the pug going probably barking at a corner somewhere because that's what Pudge does. <laughs> um, a few things I want to talk about though, before we get into the music stuff, first of all, um, some more OBS, uh, tweaking issues and things. First of all, you might notice that my, uh, the, the colors look a little bit different this time around. Um, I, I was looking through like the footage from my last couple, uh, shows, the last couple podcasts and I, my skin, I noticed was super red. Um, and I had thought, I thought I, at the time I thought I did a great job going through and getting a perfect color grade, um, for this. And it just, I was like, no, nah, I gotta, I gotta redo this. So, I did the same thing again where I tested, I got some test footage and uh, just held up the uh, the gray cards and, and, and the color palette and all that. Um, but what I noticed is that what you, you can, you can add LUT files, like cube files into OBS as filters, as I have here. And for those of you who haven't seen it before, I'll show you again real quick here. Uh, let's turn on this screen. So if you 
are to right click on your camera input and go to filters. Um, you can turn everything on and off there. So that is the new grade that I came up with. But what I realized is that what, you know, whatever color grade you do in Premiere doesn't necessarily translate super well into OBS. I created a grade in Premiere that I thought looked really good, exported the cube file, imported it into OBS, and it just looked, it looked like OBS stripped away a lot of the saturation and a lot of the contrast. So in, in Premiere, I had to really ramp up the color grade and really intensify it in order to get it in and looking halfway decent. And I'm still not super pleased with it. This is not what it looked like when I was in Premiere. Granted, the um, skin tones are a little bit better, not quite as, as red, which is good, but I don't know. I got to play around with that. If anybody out there under, knows why OBS, why it doesn't, is, are there certain parts within like Lumetri color uh, effect in Premiere that maybe don't get exported when you export the cube, like certain HSL um, settings or anything like that? I don't know. Uh, need to figure that out because it's kind of where I want it, but I have a feeling I'm going to come back and, and tweak it again before long. Another interesting OBS um, update that I just learned today um, with the help of, uh, as I've mentioned before, Gerald Undone, um, super you know, nerdy, and I say that with a lot of admiration, but he's like a super nerdy guy when it comes to cameras and, and tech and all that kind of stuff. But he had, he does these occasional live streams. I mentioned, I remember on a previous stream, he mentioned something about, Oh, YouTube only streams in 30 frames per second, or it was either that or YouTube doesn't stream in 24 frames per second. Um, so I asked him to kind of clarify that a little bit because everything that I had seen doesn't mention that YouTube doesn't stream 24 frames per second. If you go to their YouTube streaming settings page, it talks about like, you know, the certain settings you want to dial in based on your frame rate and your resolution and stuff like that. But it doesn't mention that it's, it only is going to stream at 30 frames per second or that it doesn't stream at 24 frames per second. But uh, what Gerald was saying is that YouTube just doesn't stream 30 frames per second. But let's say, for example, like up until now, I've been streaming at 24 frames per second. Um, apparently, regardless what you're streaming at, it's going to sh be streaming at 30 frames per second. So there was probably a little bit of jitteriness. Uh, if you, you know, if you have ever tried to edit 24 frames per second footage in a 30 frames per second timeline, you'll know that it kind of jumps occasionally. Um, there might've been some of that going on. But then after the fact, after the stream is done, YouTube, I guess once it's done processing your footage, will save it in the frame rate that you sent to YouTube. But then I also, just, just to like get confirmation of that, I downloaded one of my, past, my last podcasts, which was streamed at 24 frames per second, and that I looked at the details of that and that was when it downloaded that video file was at 30 frames per second. So I'm confused, but, um, I, I just went ahead and changed all my settings to uh, 30 frames per second because, you know, I would rather have as much as I, as I'm not a huge fan of the 30 frames per second look, um, you know, most people aren't going to notice the difference between 30 frames and, and 24 frames per second. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, 
it's it's a live stream, so whatever. But anyway, you know, just to make sure that the picture quality that everyone is seeing looks good and it's not jittery and stuttery or anything like that. I just went ahead and set up everything at 20 or at uh, 30 frames per second. It's a little annoying if I ever want to use, you know, if I ever want to record again at 24 frames, then I got to change this camera back and then I got to change my settings in OBS and I got to change settings in the Atom. So that could be annoying. The other annoying thing is that this camera here, which I'd forgotten about because I rarely shoot at 30 frames per second, but when you, um, and, and by the way, I'm exporting 4K out of this as opposed to 1080 because the 4K just looks a lot sharper. Um, but when you are shooting on the A6500 in 4K at 30 frames per second, you have more of a crop than you do. Uh, I think the crop when you're shooting at 24 frames per second is like a, it's like a super 35 um, crop, but the four or the 30 frames per second crop is more. So I actually had to move the camera back so that I could get kind of, I like having this whole monitor in frame, but also enough for me. So I had to move it back maybe, I don't know, six, seven, eight inches to just give enough clearance. Little annoying, but whatever it is, what it is. So it looks like going forward, we're going to be streaming at 30 frames per second. Other thing I wanted to mention, um, and it's really apropos of nothing. I don't know if I'm even using that phrase correctly, but um, we've been having like a lot of Wi-Fi issues in the house. Uh, just seems like we randomly signals would drop. Like I would, I felt like I had to toggle airplane mode on my phone all the time. Like the, our, our TV in the living room that has a Roku connected to it, the Roku would always disconnect. Just seemed like the internet was always screwing up and we always had to restart the network. So now we have CenturyLink fiber. Um, the configuration before was we had, we would route the CenturyLink modem router. It was a, it was one unit, but it was a modem and a router that was plugged into the wall. From that, we bridged that and then sent that to an Eero unit, E-E-R-O. Google makes kind of a similar router system, but it's the Eero router system. It's a pretty popular system. Um, and we had one unit upstairs in our room, kind of in the back corner of the house, and then a second unit down here, which is, I don't, I don't think it's going to, by the way, I went super wide on this angle here, but it's up there in the corner. And somebody's calling me, look, sorry, scam likely. You ever get that, those scam calls? Scam likely is trying to call. Sorry, can't talk right now. Um, but uh, the problem was because the house, my house is, it's about 3,000 square feet. It's longer. And this is on the front of the house and our bedroom is on the back of the house. So my theory was that the Euro units were not able to, talk to each other because you can get multiple Euro units and they sort of can send the signal to one and sort of, as far as I understand it, kind of prioritize which, which unit it c handles which devices and which devices connects to which units or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I figured, okay, well maybe the problem is that. So let's maybe get some additional units and scatter them throughout the house. So we got two more, well, we got a, a, an Euro beacon, which is just like it plugs into an outlet in the wall which sort of amplifies the signal. And then we got a second Eero Pro unit, which we put down in the living room. So now there's a lot more coverage. And ever since we've done that, the signals have been great. So I don't know if you're out there and you've had the same experience where your internet signal just 
seems to keep dropping. Um, you know, maybe you just need uh, a, a couple more router units. So anyway, I thought I'd mention that. Um, so let's get into the topic, the main topic for today, which again is making music for your um, your YouTube or just really for any video um, video content that you have, or really just if you want to start making some music on your computer just for fun. It's there. This is the what I'm going to show you. the 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 program is a free program. You can download it for free. You can. Um, it's got a, a lot of uh, functionality built into it that allows you to just kind of get started without, you know, having to buy any plugins or presets or anything like that. Um, it's apparently it's called LMMS. L M M S. I forget what that used to stand for, but it used to be a Linux based program, I guess. So all I remember is that the L stands for Linux. But um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn on the screen here and I'm going to pull up LMMS. So this is a project that I've been working on. And um, this is the, this is what kind of what you see it, a little bit different that you have different windows that pop up depending on the options that you select. But this is kind of the format that you can see. It's interesting because this is just kind of like a, a big sandbox here where you can, you can move these windows around and as you move them over, you can, you know, the slider, oops, stop it. These sliders are, you know, they'll expand the workspace so you can move windows around and organize it however you like. Um, so I'll kind of, and again, I just want to emphasize, I am not an expert at this by any means. Um, I've just learned enough to be able to make a very rudimentary song out of it. Um, but I'll kind of explain the different components of it and also talk about how I plan to use it within my videos. So going back to the screen here, this up here is your beat and baseline editor. So, and let's see, I'll turn this off here. Let's see if it'll play back. So all of these sounds that you hear, who keeps, okay. All of these sounds that you hear in this sort of bass, in this drum beat were um, used or were, were made using samples that are already provided within the program. So if you go over here, is this it? Yeah, my samples, uh, you can search different bases. And if you click on them, these are different sounds. I mean, not all of them are that great, but you know, you have tons of drum sounds to choose from and you can accomplish a lot and do a lot of damage just with the samples that are in here. Now, one unique thing, I'll play this back again. There's actually another cool thing about this is that you can import your own samples to use to make your tracks. So if I play this back, there's a custom sample that, well here, Okay, so we're playing it back here. Every time the snare hits. So there is a snare, a, a, a built-in snare sound that I've used um, in, from the samples. But there's also, if you kind of hear like the little crunch sound, the, that is actually, um, that is actually a, a shutter sound from one of these cameras up here here well i've got these uh 
these old 1970s film cameras. I think it's, I forget which camera exactly. I think it's from the Miranda that I have up there. But yeah, I've, I've actually had that sound effect for a while now. And um, uh, I just remember like a while back recording it and saving it. I've used it in some of my videos for little pop-ups and things like that. And I thought it might be a cool addition to the snare. So um, not only do I have a snare sound, I have a uh, um, kind of a custom camera shutter sound effect that accompanies it. So little, little things that you can kind of throw into it that will um, just give it a little bit of character and you can be like, you know, just have a funny story about, Oh yeah, that track that I did that uses this sound effect. Um, and I really like that because I think that's actually something that I plan to do when I'm making my videos is use exclusively or mostly samples from audio that I, that I film throughout my videos. So edit the video together, maybe pull some samples from the video and, use it to just make the background music. It's a fun idea. I haven't put it to use yet, but you know, it could work out. So anyway, yeah. So the beat, beat and baseline editor, again, this is where you're going to um, put your, um, just your beat in place and edit that together. And you can change different parameters. You can change the time signature. You can change the tempo. Um, you can change how many beats per measure, uh, with these different controls up here. Uh, it's it's pretty simple. This over here, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this next. This is the song editor. So, um, oh, there's Tum Tum. <laughs> um, so this is a song editor. This is where all your different instruments and things come together. So you're going to put your beat and your, your, your beats in there. You're going to put your bass line in there. Any other samples or instruments that you pull from over here are going to go in there. Um, if you can use, you can use VSTs, which are like kind of like audio plugins to get custom um, instruments that maybe you can't find in in LMMS. And I'll talk about a free a website where you can go get some free VSTs. Again, you get what you pay for. Not all of them are that great, but uh, I've used one here um, that I can show you. It's actually this one here, DSK the Grand, which is gives a, a nice piano sound because I, I wasn't a huge fan of the piano sound effect um, in LMMS. But once you get all of your sounds, oh shoot, I hit my, oops, there we go. I uh, accidentally closed my window there. But once you get all of your sounds into the song editor, um, you can, you, this is where basically everything gets put together. So what I have <clears throat> is I have, yeah, so I have the bass line, and then I have three piano tracks, and I've just basically made a super simple song with only piano and my my uh, you know my backbeat. So this is what that sounds like. So again, this is nothing flashy by any means. But I wanted to, you know, for the first one, I wanted to do something simple, but something that was layered. So what I, what my intention is, and I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm going to back up. So how did I get these different piano sounds in here? Well, these, by the way, these, these are, um, there's different plugins that you can use. If I go on the side, let's see, I think it's the top one here. So there's different instrument plugins I haven't used any of these except for this Vestige one. And what this Vestige 
plugin allows you to do is to load those um, VSTs that you can download. Again, in this case, I downloaded the the Grand DSK uh, VST. And this came from, by the way, dskmusic.com. dskmusic.com. So go check that out if you want to look. And they have some free stuff. They have some paid stuff. But you can look through there and kind of browse their catalog to see if there's any instruments that you'd want to use. So um, I loaded three of these Vestige plugins into the song editor here, loaded the piano. And then what you would do is you would basically click on the timeline somewhere. I'm going to remove remove that. But let's say since these are already created, you can double click and then it opens the piano roll. And this is where you can um, add all your different notes. Uh, you can see there's a grid here within um, you know, each of these solid lines. There's smaller squares so you can reduce the duration of the notes. You can play the, uh, the notes on the left to make sure you're, you're using the right ones. You can go up here on the VST um, plugin window that comes up and you can change the attack, the decay, the sustain, release, all that kind of stuff to get the sound that you're looking for. Um, so this was one piano pa pattern. This was kind of like the main piano chord pattern that I put together. So that's just super, again, two chords back to back, nothing crazy. The next one uh, I did was just this, and this is just kind of a little accent at the end of each measure, I guess you would call it, and it's just, oh, no, why is it not, see, I'm still running into, why are we not playing, why you no play, um, there it is, once more, just a little accent to kind of transition into the next measure. And then finally, I have this one here, which is a little bit more staccato notes on the higher register. And again, for whatever reason, it's not. There we go. So the goal of these different layers, and I, I'm, I also experimented with adding a bass line of some kind. Uh, I, I downloaded a separate VST for that also. But a couple things with it. Number one the pitch was a little off. So I, I had to like dial it in and you could hear some dissonance um, in comparison to the piano. So I guess there's not like a universal pitch, you know, for, for all the instruments. But um, it, I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't like how it all meshed together. So I gotta, I gotta play with that a little bit, but I might add that as another layer um, before I finish it up. But the goal with all of this is to be able to layer these tracks so that, you know, I can create different moods um, throughout my videos. So, for example, let's say, um, you know, when I start my video, we're just going to start out like this. This is going to be kind of the, uh, the only part of the song that you hear when, you know, when the music kicks in in the video. Um, if you've ever, if you've used, uh, I think it's Epidemic Sound, Epidemic Sound will uh, allow you to download the different uh, stems, meaning the different components, you know, the bass line, the, the drums, the vocals, guitar, whatever. You could download them separately 
and then stack them in Premiere so that you can cut out different parts of the track that you don't want to use in certain parts. Maybe, you know, maybe the piano part of the song that you downloaded, it's not going to fit in this one part exactly. You can remove it and then add it back in when it makes more sense. That's kind of what I want to accomplish here. So, you know, we can start off like this and then as things pick up, oops, let me mute those. Now you've got the piano. We're staying super simple. Nothing crazy going on. Um, and then maybe after a little bit, picks up a little bit, you want to add a little bit more flair to it. So you throw in the little accent between the measures. So now you're kind of layering up. And then, you know, at the end, when you have the big reveal and kind of the finale and you're finally uh, coming to a conclusion in your video, then you add those little high staccato notes and now you've got all these different layers that sort of build throughout the video. So once again, I want to, you know, emphasize I don't uh, I don't I don't think that this is like this really awesome composition that I've put together, but uh you know, obviously I want to build off of that, but also I want to keep things simple. I don't want to I you know, maybe it'll evolve. I mean, that's I guess it, I I have a bit of a a compulsive personality so I can see myself wanting to you know make this improve upon this as I go along and in fact as I've, I've mentioned before I used to do some kind of entry level um, like beat making and uh, audio production back in college and, and even in high school so I was familiar with free loop studio which is uh, very similar to this this is kind of like a, a free option to Ableton and uh fruity loops studio so that's that's kind of what i wanted to do and then and then you can export these individually so if you were to just solo this piano track you could export this as one layer and then do the same for the other layers and then uh, put them together in premiere and stack them however makes sense depending on which part of the video you're editing together but what i will say if um if Custom music production is not your thing, uh, but you also don't want to spend a lot of money. I will say, like, I, I have Artlist. Artlist is the other music service that I have. Um, and Artlist is, is pretty good. Their selection is decent. The main reason that I went with Artlist is because of the commercial license that comes along with it. Um, meaning when you pay, it's like a one lump fee for the year. And anytime you get a track, um, it comes with a commercial license as well. So you can use it for client work if you want to versus like epidemic. They have, you know, most of epidemic licenses, if I remember correctly, uh, only apply to like you, YouTube content or, or social media and won't apply to client work. You'd have to get a separate license for that. Um, I'm only familiar with those audio jungle, I've never used music bed before. Um, but there are some decent ones out there. And I think epidemic, if I remember correctly, is only like 15 bucks a month. Um, and I, and I, I liked, epidemics um selection they also have a sound effect uh selection which uh, can come in handy for sure so um but if if you don't want to spend any money on music but you still want to find some music that you can use um youtube actually has an audio library i don't know how many people know about this i've, I've known about it for a little while um but i didn't i used it a little bit and then I decided that I wanted to be unique and special and I didn't want to use the same music that everyone else had access to. So I decided to 
pay for a service that a bunch of other people already pay for. So whatever. But, um, yeah, if you, youtube.com slash audio library takes you there, I believe. And, um, you have, let me get a sip of this. And they've got a decent selection there of a bunch of different genres. I haven't used it for a while, but, um, I do remember that, uh, the selection was, was not bad and I can only imagine that it's even better. Let's, let's just check it out here. How about so this is what the audio library looks like. Um, one thing to note is that there are some tracks that require that you uh, provide attribution, meaning um, in your video description, you have to mention who the, uh, you have to give credit to the artist, basically. Most of them, if I remember correctly, don't require that, but you can always filter that. If you see attribution, not required, and then it'll give you a list of all these songs that um, you don't need to give credit to, and you can use them in all of your YouTube content without any issues whatsoever. And you're good to go. Uh, you can check, you can, you can filter by genre, ugh, excuse me, mood, instrument, all sorts of different things. Um, so if you need music, it's right there. The tools are right there for you. YouTube.com forward slash audio library. Go check it out. Um, let's see. So anyway, but that's, that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this. This is, um, this LMMS is, is right down my alley. I think, uh, it, like I said, it, I used to do some of the stuff in college, similar stuff. And, and by the way, you know, whether you're looking to just make some, some simple piano track like I did here, or you want to do, um, maybe a, you know, like a rap rap beat or some sort of hip hop style beat, like all the, all the different here, let's go through some of the, uh, how have we been doing this, by the way? 31 minutes. Let's go through some of the samples here. Let's see what we got. Instruments. Cello. That doesn't sound like a flute. These are the built-in piano sounds, which is why I got a separate one, you'll see. That one's got a lot of like background noise, like hiss, and that one just sort of falls off really quickly. Violin. Um, let's see. There's one under drums. No. Drum synth. You can go in and like a, get like an 808 kit. And by the way, too, look, let's see if I, if I went in here, um, I can open this in the piano roll and you can go in there. So like you can, you can change the pitch of, so, you know, just whatever, whatever instrument it could be, it could be drums, it could be whatever, it could be your custom samples that you put in. You can change the pitch of it um, as you add things here. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, in this case, I mean, you can you can drag out the duration of the instrument, but in this case, the snare is only gonna, you know, it's not gonna drag on. So, um, but you can do all sorts of stuff, and there's ways, and I haven't experimented with a lot of it, but there's ways that you can change the volume of a note or let's say here I'll close this I'll remove that track if I go in and look at my is it this one yeah oh and LMMS just crashed on me I will say that's the first time that that's happened so I wouldn't worry too much about it 
There's a recovery file present. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover it, I guess. All right. Maybe if we turn this track back on so we can open it up here. Okay. Turn that up a little bit. So what you can do is down here you can change note velocity. So let's say like the first the first note you want to be nice and loud and then the the notes after that you want to be quiet. Let's see that's here we go. So you can change how loud those get. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, do that. Perfect. Or using other tools, you can be more controlled with it. Let's say you have a note that rings out for a little while. Uh, you can you can sort of make it. You can. There's ways you can change its pitch over time. There's ways you can change its volume or gradually. So um, while I'm sure all these tools are available and things like Ableton and you know, I'm sure Ableton and stuff like that has a lot more options for you to choose from. Again, if you're doing something like I'm trying to do, very simple audio tracks that you can build and export um, using either built-in samples or your own samples. This is great. Um, and I'm just recently learning about all of this. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun to play around with. So, anyway, that is... Oh, I gotta, I gotta save a new version of this, just like in Premiere. Got to crash, and you gotta save a new version of it so it doesn't mess up. Okay, save, perfect. <sighs> well, anyway, hey, if you're still here with me, and if you haven't done so already, be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, I'm gonna go ahead and call this one done. So keep creating, making, and doing. And I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.